WBNE. Hello, and welcome to episode 41, all about the choices of Master Samwise. Chapter 10, Book 4 of The Two Towers, being the 41st part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by Christina Khan of the Restricted Section. Welcome, Christina. That's the first time I've used that introduction for you. I know. I'm honored and frankly, completely excited. I'm also excited. Listeners, for those of you that don't know, Christina hosts a chapter by chapter Harry Potter podcast called The Restricted Section, which I am also a part of at times when coronavirus isn't completely ruining our recording schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely a regular and you bring a lot of spirit to our conversation. So we have a good time. Thank you. It is. It's a fun time. It's a very fun time. I almost felt like we were in like Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter with this chapter and the previous chapter because of Oh, totally. Because of Sheila and Sam kind of sometimes reminds me of Ron. Just feels very yes. reminiscent of, of that. Yeah, I've definitely said before that it's incredibly obvious at so many different points in the Harry Potter series that J.K. Rowling was was a big fan of Lord of the Rings and when you encounter a giant spider in Chamber of Secrets, that's just one more clue <laughs> that she really liked Lord of the Rings. Right. So, listeners, here we are. It's the end of Two Towers. This is chapter 10. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I I can't believe how fast you're getting through these. I know. And I'm like, what What the heck? What, what's happening? I was like, what do you mean it's the end of Two Towers already? That's not possible. This is the end. The Choices of Master Samwise is the title of this chapter. And so I reached out to Christina and was like, hey, you like Sam, right? And she's like, um, yes. As if like, yeah, I'm a, like, I like any normal human being like Sam. And I was like, okay, great. You're coming on because I want to make sure I have someone who likes Sam for a chapter that's very Sam focused. I do feel like the word like is very strong. I think that when you get to the end of the series, you will have more layers of understanding about Sam. My thought process here is that a lot of people when they're like, what do you mean you don't like Sam? Sam is the best. He's everyone's favorite. I have a feeling they are thinking of movie Sam and movie Sam must be, I mean, not completely different than book Sam, but I just have a feeling that they cut a lot of like Sam's annoyingness from the books out when they were making the movies. And, and so people well, don't... definitely Sean Astin is an incredibly likable human. So he brings a lot to the character in the films that the things that you find annoying about Sam, Sean Astin makes them charming. However, Sam does a thing that undeniably, I think, makes him like a better character. We'll get there. <laughs> There's like one thing where you'll be like, all right, Sam, okay. Okay, I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to see about that because a lot of people told me the same thing mm-hmm. about Boromir of like, oh, well, just wait until Boromir does this one thing. And then it's to a point where well, I was like- Well, that is surely better in the movies. <laughs> I was like, he's he's dead. There's, there's nothing else that he can do. Yeah. I'm not sure if I've shared, I know I tweeted about it. I'm not sure if I shared it on the podcast, but 
I've had this image in my head of what um, of what like the end of this is gonna look like when they finally go and destroy the ring. And I'm in, I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, there's like definitely, it's definitely like a very vivid image I have in my head, but I don't understand how that's possible because I haven't seen the movies. And, but, and then I finally realized I was like, I'm picturing the movie Holes where Stanley is carrying a zero up the mountain or whatever, and it's like, You must carry Madame Zaroni up the mountain and sing while I drink so I can get strong too. Oh my god. That's just what's in my mind is like, instead of Stanley, it's Sam, and then instead of zero, it's... Frodo and Sam has to carry Frodo <laughs> or else his family will be cursed for all eternity. <laughs> so that that's a beautiful yeah, yeah. Uh, comparison. Mm-hmm. I think mostly I was like, I should watch the movie Holes again. Yes. <laughs> oh, also I should mention that I recorded myself once again while I was reading this chapter. So I'm sure every now and then you'll hear like a disembodied voice of mine. And and that's what that is, is my organic reactions to this chapter. I'm ready for my babies Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli to come back. I love those. I loved watching you um, listening to, I think, the previous chapter about Shilab. I think that was very... Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I was posting on, yeah, the Instagram story, I think. Yeah, so listeners, if you're not following the yeah, Instagram... Yeah, getting to hear it read aloud and then, like, watching your reaction is just priceless. Oh, my God. Just the descriptions of Shelob are like, I, I know she's disgusting and evil, obviously, but like Tolkien writes her amazingly well. <laughs> and I'm like, this just sounds really cool and dope. There's only three female characters. You got to make them count. I know. Yeah. And that, I was like, all right, y'all, we did it. We got another female character. So this chapter starts off with... An awful sentence. <laughs> yep, it starts real, real Frodo hard. Frodo was lying face upward on the ground, and the monster was bending over him. I was like, oh, mm, mm, that's a mm, hard no. And at this point, it, does, it doesn't mention that, that Frodo is unconscious. I thought he was just lying on the ground and, like, opens his eyes and, like, Sheilab is just hovering over him like, all right, it's time to eat you, my boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read the previous chapter, Shelob's Lair, because I read the title of it and I was like, ah, I remember exactly what happens in this chapter. I wonder where the next chapter is going to pick up. And then I read this first sentence and I was like, oh, shh. Crap. You can swear. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> Start, just starting off real strong. I know. It's awful. And uh, I hate it. Just like really like the imagery is so traumatizing. Yeah. It's like really disgusting. And it's amazing how like authors are able to use spiders as this like representation of something that I would say the majority like It's not even that, oh, I have like arachnophobia, like I'm afraid of spiders. It's not even like I'm too bothered by them, but it's definitely something that like, I would say the majority of the human population has at least some part of them that is like, oh, that's that's gross and creepy and I hate it. Thanks. Yeah, it's like all the legs and then like they're quicker than you and they're sticky like they're just we don't understand them they're not like us (laughs) what are their true intentions (laughs) 
So Sam comes running in after his fight with Gollum. I'm going to read this line to you, Christina, and tell me if this sounds familiar to you from a similar line in the Harry Potter series. Sam did not wait to wonder what was to be done or whether he was brave or loyal or filled with rage. To me, that sounds very similar to the line in the troll chapter of Sorcerer's Stone where it goes like, just then, Harry did something that was both very brave and very stupid. Which I have always argued is a perfect summary of the entire Harry Potter series. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he just is like, um, he's acting really, he's, I don't think he's ever been in quite this kind of situation before where it's like just him and he's having to react really quickly and he's having like a one-on-one fight Frankly, with something that's like so much bigger than himself and a lot more experience. So he's he doesn't even have time to think. He's just like acting. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny about throughout like throughout this fight that he has with Sheila is that like it'll start talking from like the perspective of Sam and it'll be like he took out his sword and thrust it forward mightily and he was filled with anger and rage and then from Shelob's perspective it was like oh I think I stepped on a thumbtack (laughs) because he's so (laughs) tight like he is gigantic yeah so here comes Sam he's running in in a fit of rage and then it says, this is from Shelob's perspective, disturbed as if out of some gloating dream by his small yell. So Sam is just using like all of his energy into Shelob. It's like, oh, was that the wind? Because he's so tiny. <laughs> yeah. Sam and Shelob have a big fight. Sam basically just gets under her and stabs her a bunch of times with Frodo's that's very smart. Yeah, because she can't reach with her like legs and pin- pinchers and, and stuff like that. Not to mention the pincers. Yeah, and and that's probably where she'll be the softest. So so the only reason I would know to do that if I was fighting a giant spider monster is because of books and video games, right? And so the fact that Sam can figure out how to do that without I mean he's like where where would he have read something about how to take down a giant spider so that's very smart on his part to get away from where she can get him and to get in a position to find her soft spot if she has one. yeah I think I can't find it I think at some point it mentions that like Sam was thinking of dragons because he's He's probably heard yes. stories of like dragons being slayed. And I think it's a sim I think he was right. trying to think similarly to that of oh all these people went under the belly to defeat and destroy the beast, the dragon. So let me go do the same for the spider. I'm sure that'll work. And he also uses the very convenient like Deus Ex Machina of the vial of Galadriel. Man it's a good thing they met Galadriel. Which they have not used. Yes. It's like Tolkien. He wrote this into the story back in Fellowship of the Ring. Galadriel gives this gift of like pure starlight to Frodo and says, use it in times of darkness. And then it was like he forgot it existed. And then he just remembered it at the end of Two Towers because they've used it in like the past three chapters. Which makes sense, given where they are, but, like, they're using it yeah. a lot all of a sudden. 
Yeah, it's true. He wrote his own Chekhov's gun and then he was like, oh, I need to use that. Use that, yeah. (laughs) But they are at last in a place that is like so dark and terrible that maybe it's just that they can no longer provide their own light in air quotes, you know, like it's getting harder for them to like overcome their obstacles and to keep up hope basically. So... If I hadn't used it before, this would be the time for me to. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's like when you're playing a video game and they give you they give you a, a potion or whatever that's all healing and it'll up your defenses by 20 and it'll do all of these things and you're like, I'm going to save this until I am absolutely desperate and I can't get through to the next level unless I use it. Yes. And if you're anything like absolutely. me... You get to like the final boss battle and you're like, no, but what if I need this later? And you still never use it. And then you finish the game and you're like, oh, I could have <laughs> used that a long time ago. Oh, well. Or like I start like if I'm about to get to a boss in a video game and I'm not ready for it, I'll like leave the whole dungeon and go back out into the world and just like hoard potions. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, power ups and then like go back. Yeah, that happened. That's happened with me a couple times in Zelda where I'll be like, yeah, I'm prepared. And then I go in and I just get absolutely gobsmacked and I'm like, I was not prepared <laughs> at all. And now all of Nar- my weapons are broken. I've eaten all of the food that I have. Yeah. Let me let me like run away immediately and I will come back. Run away. In like three hours once <laughs> I've gotten all brand new weapons and made all new food. Exactly. It's also good for morale to go back out into the world and just like beat up some skeleton guys yeah and then you're like wow i'm so strong and then you're all confident yeah you go go back to the the areas where like the enemies have like one heart power basically compared to you and you like hit them (laughs) once and you're like wow i'm so strong i can do anything (laughs) um which is like sam sam has the belief now that he can do anything with the vial of galadriel so he i know do you like that segue um (laughs) yeah that was pretty good and he uses it to ward off shelob she's been stabbed and hurt by sam and then now this like piece of magic is going against her and it forces her back into her little lair and She's not killed, and uh, I half suspect that, like, we might see her again in the future. I don't know. Like, it's it's always hard to tell when enemies are never killed off, when it's just, like, it's what happened with Gollum yeah. in the previous chapter, where Sam doesn't kill Gollum, and Gollum realizes, oh, I'm not going to win this fight. I'm going to leave immediately. Right. And that says to me, we will, we have not seen the last of Gollum. Yeah, the way that Shelob retreats into her lair to the language is like, whoa, okay. <laughs> you okay Shelob was gone, and whether she lay long, yeah, I was just looking for the right quote. <laughs> Shelob was gone, and whether she lay long in her lair, nursing her malice and her misery, and in slow years of darkness healed herself from within, rebuilding her her clustered eyes until with hunger like death she spun once more her dreadful snares in the glens of the mountains of the shadow this tale does not tell <laughs> so that reminded me first of all that's a pretty bad uh paragraph second of all it reminded me really vividly of um greek mythology where you can't kill a monster truly they get thrown into the pits of tartarus where they rebuild their strength and then they like until they're at full strength and then they kind of come back 
So that's what that reminded me of. Yeah, it's definitely very reminiscent here. Yeah, and that's like a plot point throughout the entire Percy Jackson series is like they kill a monster and then it's like, well, we all know that he'll probably be back and matter next time because you can't really kill him. Yeah, and that's what adds like a level of fear in Mordor of like, you have zero idea like what is lurking around every corner. It could be Sheila again. It could be... Yeah. Orcs. It could be sorry. You know, you just never know because there's so many like evil monster people. Yeah, really just like this world is so old that there's a lot of evils that like have been forgotten. I think the Balrog is a really good example. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows if Gandalf suspected that it was gonna be there, but like like it that thing was so old that people didn't even know what it was. You know what I mean? And like same thing with Sheila. She's been here for like millennia, just lurking. Until people, like, don't even remember that she exists. And that Middle Earth is just creepy. You don't know what to expect. It could be so old and powerful. Like you said, just, like, in a hallway around the corner. Yeah, it's also it's also interesting that, like, there are both, like, good and evil entities in Middle Earth that have been around forever. Forever. I would like to, I would yeah. like to think that Tom Bombadil is a good entity. I don't really know. He's, like... I don't know, a neutral, like true neutral or something, or a chaotic neutral. Yeah, I would call him chaotic neutral, exactly. Much like Sean, my fiance. (laughs) And (laughs) chaos demon. And then there's also the Ents who have been around forever. Forever. But they're good, we I hope. Because they're yeah, I would call them too. neutral good. Oh, also, I would like to go back a couple episodes where I said something about I was talking about Treebeard, and I said we know he's a good entity. Um, and then editing it, I was like, <laughs> I've I was oh. like, I can't believe that I totally missed the opportunity. Tree <laughs> Treebeard, he's a pretty good entity. <laughs> get it get it nailed it thank you thank you thank you i'll be here all week um actually i'll be here all the next two months so yeah so sam goes back to frodo goes to cut him loose and then realizes he is not breathing he's not moving his skin is very cold and oh no our hero has been killed what you say except there was zero worry in my mind that frodo was dead well you got a whole other book left. i know like given like given the nature of this story i've said it before and i'll say it again and i will eat my words gladly if we get to the end of the story and this isn't true but like i would wager that the remaining people of the fellowship are not going to die at all in this story i'm not worried in the slightest about any of them your wager is noted yeah and I will, I think I've said that, like, I will quit this if Legolas dies. That's the only one I will be truly <laughs> upset about. Oh, So. Pure, beautiful ray of sunshine. You know he's my Legolas. favorite. Legolas. I love um, I did notice that Sam doesn't check Frodo's pulse. Yeah. Which is always a good first step if you think someone's dead. Yeah. He, like, leans over and listens and, like, hovers his ear over his mouth. And it's like, hmm, well, I can't hear any breathing. And I'm like, I would say that's kind of normal. That, like, unless you're, a lo- unless yeah. you're like, a loud nose breather 
or mouth breather. Like Yeah, especially if you are unconscious, your body isn't having to take in a lot of oxygen. Yeah. So basically, Sam has no medical training. That's fine. He's a gardener. It's not a... Yeah, <laughs> this is true. He is a gardener. Yeah, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. So he is obviously devastated that his good pal Frodo is dead. Rip Frodo. We shall now have a moment of silence. Just kidding, because he's <laughs> definitely not dead. Um, although I was like, can you imagine, though, if that's how this book, it, like, that's how it happened, is at the end of Two Towers, this is how Frodo dies and goes out. And then the rest of the series just goes on with Sam being the Frodo. And I was like, I don't know if I would enjoy that at all. Yeah. It would be an interesting plot device, though. Yeah. I love this bit when Sam, quote, realizes that Frodo is dead. It says the anger surged over him and he ran about his master's body in a rage, stabbing the air and smiting the stones and shouting challenges. Yeah. He, I'm, it's not supposed to be funny, but knowing that Frodo's fine and Sam's going to be fine, it just, that strikes me as a really funny Yeah, scene. I also kind of giggled at that because in my head, I'm just imagining... I don't know, like a frat boy too hopped up on Red Bull, just going around being like, huh, yeah. huh, what now? What now? Like rips his shirt yeah, off. Exactly. I also noticed that. But I decided, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to talk about it because everyone's always mad at me for making fun of Sam. So I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> I mean, Sam does have, like, the emotional processor of, like, a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. That is, there's a lot to be said about Sam. He's a very complicated person. I, I get why you don't like him. I think that there's more to come. But definitely, he acts like a child. Then, this is when I thought I had a brain blast. Where I was like, I know what's going to happen. I was like, wait. Could the ring save Frodo. I was like, what What exactly can the ring do? I was like, I think the ring doesn't, it gives you some kind of like immortality, I think. I don't exactly know 100% the true extent of the powers of the ring, but... I think that a lot of people don't. Yeah. Like, even in this book, I think that most people don't know what it can do, including Gandalf. Yeah, and that's also like... One of the biggest reasons why they need to destroy it is like, we don't know what this can do and we don't need to, we don't want to sit around and wait and find out what it does do. Um, Because then it'll be too late. mm -hmm. But I was like, Sam is going to put the ring on Frodo and it's going to like, the title of the chapter is The Choices of Master Samwise. I thought he was going to be faced with this huge dilemma that he was going to have to do. And I thought it was going to be that like, oh, he's going to put the ring on Frodo and it's going to bring Frodo back to life. But Frodo is going to like become some kind of a golem creature or he's going to be Ooh. he's going to be turned like evil. And it's like, sure, Frodo's alive, but like at what cost? Yeah, it's interesting. A half life. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's that's not what happens at all. But it's interesting that you bring up the chapter title because looking back, it it is 
kind of weirdly named because really the only choice Sam makes in this chapter is ultimately to abandon Frodo's body, which is a decision that he immediately <laughs> turns around and doesn't do. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what choices does he really make yeah. in this chapter? <laughs> yeah, I thought I I thought it was gonna be something I thought this was gonna end kind of similar to how Fellowship of the Ring ends, where Frodo and Sam make this big decision that they are going to go off together and they're leaving the rest of the Fellowship. And so I thought it was going to be something kind of monumental like that, where he has to do something that's going to be really hard and difficult, but ultimately it's for the greater good and it's for the good of this mission to destroy the ring. And right. yeah, really, the, he, make, he, makes a lot, he makes a lot of choices. Uh, I wouldn't say that a lot of them are good. I wouldn't even necessarily <laughs> say that they're... Okay, well, you know, I'll, I will save my thoughts for a couple uh, pages later, but... Because okay. we will get there. Don't you worry, listeners. I know you're sitting there worried. Hmm, is she gonna, is she gonna lay into Sam this chapter? I hope she does. I will. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, yeah, Sam is heartbroken over... His friend's death as he runs around frantically punching the air, which is how we all express our emotions. Totally. <laughs> he says, what shall I do? What shall I do? And he remembers at the beginning of their journey, Frodo said, I have something to do before the end. I must see it through, sir, if you understand. Or maybe, oh, I think Sam said that. And he's thinking about, like, mm -hmm. the ring has to be destroyed. That's what this is. And we have to see it through to the end. Mm -hmm. He realizes that he has to leave Frodo and go on without him. Oh, and then he also, I like this moment. He is like, what, me go to Mordor? I could never. Or, I don't know, go to Mount Doom? I, I could never. They mm -hmm. gave the ring to Frodo. The council gave the ring to Frodo to do this. I'm not Frodo. I can't do it. And then he says... He calls it the, the crack of doom, which I love. <laughs> I don't know why, but it made me think of a butt crack. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, the butt crack of doom. <laughs> uh, which I'm assuming... Throw it in, never to be seen again. Yeah, okay. So here, so like pausing this little excerpt real quick. Like, have they actually come up with the plan yet? I'm like... I don't think anyone has ever said, oh, yeah, we're going to go to Mordor. We're going to go up to this volcano and we're going to throw the ring into the lava and fires of Mount Doom. But it seems here. I think that in the Council of Elrond, they, they talked about that because that's like the whole point is that the ring can only be destroyed with the hottest fire in the realm, which is the same fire that forged it, which is Mount Doom. So that that is what they decided in the Council of Elrond, because there's simply no other way to destroy okay, it. Cool. Maybe I need to like go back and reread just that chapter because there's so much. There was in a that lot. Chapter. Well, and now you have much better context. This for is true, it. especially because that was where we first met Gimli and Legolas, and so I was like, oh, who are these two? Like, who are all these brand new characters that we're gonna go on a lifelong journey with? Yeah, and that's also a really wonderful scene in the movie too, in a little bit of a different way from the book. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people have that scene as like, that's the one where they're like, you have my my bow and my axe and my sword. That's literally my favorite way to say that I'm down for something. <laughs> and my axe. Hey, you want to go bowling? 
and my ass. <laughs> Uh, hey, remember bowling? I know. Literally, that's how I know that I'm getting really cooped up is because <laughs> yesterday I was daydreaming about bowling, which is only kind of fun. Oh, man. I know. I'm going to be like the most social person I've ever been in my life once all of this is over. Uh, it's crazy. I don't know, man. I'm usually like a really, like a super busy person and, and like this... Self-isolation has really helped me to chill out and, like, not feel like I have to fill every hour. I- I'm hoping this is, like, a turning point in my life of me not feeling like I have to be so busy. Wow. That's, like, a very, um, I don't know, like, self-actualization way of looking at all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have, like, um, I'm just that kind of person where I fill every second, but now I, like, I can't, so... It's been nice for me. Also, but also at the same time, it's crazy. See, I'm kind of similar in that I don't like to be sitting still doing nothing, except for I don't have enough friends to fill the hours (laughs) with doing like activities with other people. So I do dumb stuff and I spend like hours playing Zelda and I'll be like, oh, you know what? Maybe tonight's the night I make banana bread and then I make banana bread. Banana bread is so good. Yeah, I (laughs) made. So there's a, uh, I'm going to have to send it to you. There's a TikTok of this guy. (laughs) He's in his kitchen and he's like, oh, he's like, life hack. Do you have any bananas that have gone bad and they're all brown? Put them in the freezer so you can save them for later and make banana bread. And then he goes and opens his freezer and just like, it's like hundreds of frozen bananas fall out of his freezer. Put them in the freezer and make a little banana bread later. Oh my God. And it's the funny, I laughed so hard. Anyway. Very relatable. So, Sam remembers the council told Frodo and gave tasked him with carrying the ring. And then he says, he realized, and the council gave him companions so that Erend could not fail. And you are the last of all the company. This Erend must not fail. And that's very Yeah, because they kind of think everyone else is dead, right? Yeah, so Frodo, which is just like another... It's another piece of like Frodo Sam logic that I'm like, come on, guys. Because they heard Boromir was dead, so they're like, oh, everyone, everyone must, must be, be dead. dead. They like, right. have you seen memes about like my last two brain cells trying to work and stay alive? Yeah, that's what Frodo and Sam are like sometimes. And yeah, that's true. Because what happens is they each have one brain cell. Yeah. Because <laughs> what happens is they hear that Boromir has died. And they're like, oh, no, he, like, the entire fellowship must have been killed, too. And then Faramir mentions that his brother's body floated along the shores of Gondor in a boat. And he was, like, very clearly, like, laid to rest in the boat. And it was very, like, beautiful. Yeah. And he's like... I wonder, like, who could have done this? Because there's no, you know, obviously he was dead. Who else could have done this but the rest of your group? And Frodo and Sam were like, nah, I think you were hallucinating. And try to, like, f***ing gaslight him. (laughs) They just think that the rest of the fellowship is dead. And it's like, Frodo and Sam, your friends put Boromir in the boat. Let's, let's like, work that puzzle out in our heads for a bit. Sam and Frodo are are neither the brains nor the brawn of the original fellowship. Yes, they are 
They have nothing. <laughs> they got nothing but these walking feet. They are the Hufflepuff hey. of the fellowship. No, I mean well, that. I guess that's right. I mean that. Because they have friendship. In, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> and loyalty. At the time. So this will come out like a week a week and a half after the fact that this happened. So the only people that ca- I'm probably it's just me that cares about this, honestly. So Tyler tweeted Tyler Carlin, the Tyler Carlin, one half of bacon and eggs, the original people who brought this podcast to life. Uh, tweeted that, like, despite his undying loyalty to Frodo, Sam is a Gryffindor. And I replied back and said, sorry, all of the hobbits are Hufflepuffs, except for Bilbo, who's probably a Slytherin. And then we got into a very long, like, Twitter discussion uh, about, like, the hobbits being Gryffindors or Hufflepuffs. His reasoning was that Merry and Pippin joined this journey for absolutely no reason at all. That's mad Gryffindor energy. Oh, and I yeah. said, no, Merry and Pippin joined this journey because they didn't want to be left by their friends. They had FOMO and they wanted to continue to be with their friends. And that's why they went on with everyone from Rivendell. Oh, and then I said, also, like, only a Hufflepuff could awaken the ints and stir them and bring them to action. Yeah. I definitely think that Mary and Pippin are Hufflepuff. I will just, I will forever stand by this statement that all of the hobbits except for Bilbo are Hufflepuffs, including Frodo and Sam. I think Frodo is a Ravenclaw. That's giving Frodo a lot of credit. Well, you have to remember that before he comes on this adventure, he's just a rich boy who reads a lot. He's like an academic, basically, who has a lot of knowledge about stuff that doesn't help him in the real world. So I think he's a Ravenclaw. Okay. That's my take on it. That's my hot take. But I fully believe that Bilbo is a Slytherin. Um, I just... Also, another thing is that I think... All of the members of the Fellowship have Gryffindor traits in them. I think that, like, just by the nature of the story, you have to have a Gryffindor part of you in order to do this. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it at all. However, and, like, that also, like, each person has different... Like, Hermione is a Gryffindor, but she's also, like, such a Ravenclaw. So everyone can have these yeah. different inner, you know, intermingling traits representing the different houses. The Hobbits, especially because the ho- the Hufflepuff house is right next to the kitchens. The moment the Hobbits find that out, they would want to be in Hufflepuff. Yeah. They would never in a million That's years a want to be like, hey, can you put me in the Gryffindor house where there are all these frat boys too hopped up on Red Bull <laughs> and instead just just keep me in the in the in the dorm that's right next to the kitchens. I'd appreciate that. And then we'll all just we'll all like cuddle up and read books together and light all of the scented candles and we'll have a slumber party. I don't know. We never we point. never get a description of the Hufflepuff dormitory, so I don't know exactly what goes on there. I know. I like to I like to think that there's just so many plants. Same. So many. Same though. And like muffins, always muffins. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so that was a very long-winded rant. 
I'm going to have to have Tyler on one one time and we'll just do like an entire episode about if they are Gryffindors or Hufflepuffs. They're Hufflepuffs. That sounds Spoiler right. alert. They're definitely Hufflepuffs. So God, what book is this? Okay. <laughs> As I went off on. So then Harry Potter. Long I mean, Frodo Baggins. <laughs> so wait, Frodo so I just Potter. had a thought just to like round out this Harry Potter. Yes. Just to round out this Harry Potter conversation, imagine Harry Potter, right? The series. But instead of Harry, it's Frodo. Would the story change at all? Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't have that opinion. No. Like, it's not just that Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood. Wood are so similar. I also, I also think Frodo and Harry are really similar. I mean, similar. I definitely, I definitely think they're similar, but I think, I, I don't think it would be the same because Frodo, like, the first chance he gets, to be like, I'm going to do all of this by myself. He goes off and does that. And it's only because Sam like nearly drowns trying to come after him that he takes Sam with him. But Harry tries to go on his own I know, but time. he always gets stopped and it always ends up turning yeah. around and being like, yeah, you're right. I'll stick around. I'll stick around for Bill and Fleur's wedding before the Death Eaters all come and attack us. Like, he always turns back and goes with his friends. And he, I think he, not that Frodo isn't, but like, I think Harry really values all of these different relationships and friendships that he has a lot more than Frodo does. That's a good point, And that probably has a lot to do with his upbringing, yeah, to be honest. I think so, too. So, all right, let's get back on to the What a fun, like, analyzation. You invite someone from a Harry Potter podcast onto your Lord of the Rings podcast, and this is what happens. Yep, yep, yep. Sam comes to the conclusion that he will take the ring and continue on this journey on behalf of Frodo. So he does, like, a little ceremony, kind of, for for Frodo, um, because he can't bury him, and he can't take him with him, obviously. So he, like... Folds up Frodo's arms like nice and makes sure his cloak looks, you know, nice and beautiful and like fluffs it up. Kisses his forehead. Yeah. He swaps out Frodo's sword for his sword because Frodo's sword is an elven sword and it'll be more useful for Sam. And then he says goodbye and, and leaves him behind. This was when... I was pretty proud of Sam. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. he's really taking charge. He's stepping up. He's realized he's having like a lot of like inner self transformation of like, it's time for me to stop being scared. I have to grow. I have to step up and grow up and, and, and do this. And if there's anyone out there who has uh, watched and or listened to the musical, The Book of Mormon, this seems very mm-hmm. similar to the Act One finale with Elder Cunningham going like, "It's time to man up." Time to be a hero and slay the monster. Time to battle darkness. You're not my father. I'm on a time to just watch me go. Time to stand up and steal the show. And he realizes that he's stepping from a sidekick role into the like hero lead role. And I was like, wow, Sam, like, good for you. Good for you. I don't know if you have any thoughts about this. Yeah, I'm proud of our little boy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You have to think about, he just like, if I were in this position, I would be like out of my mind with like grief and stress. And yeah, I think that not everyone would keep a level head in this situation. I think that his little 
air punching rage <laughs> session was probably really good for him to like get it all out of mm-hmm. the way and like now I can really focus on what I need to do next. Yeah. So, all of the all of that like wonderful nice things being said about Sam. It immediately goes south for him. Yeah. I and it immediately goes from like Sam being like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna take charge and I can do this too like uh, I've made a mistake I've made a huge mistake I have a lot of regrets I have a lot of regrets <laughs> it is so dark and scary in here he starts like continuing up the passage and comes to the tower that they had seen before and it's uh, I love this <laughs> I love this line I've made up my mind he kept saying to himself but he had not. And it's just like so scarily realistic of, at least for me, where I'll be like, that's it. I've made up my mind. I'm going. And then it's like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that anymore. I'm not sure about that. And it just makes me laugh yeah, because he like, he has this whole, like I was saying, like inner self transformation. And he thinks through a lot of things and it seems like he is going a couple steps forward in his character journey. And then this feels like he's taking 20 steps back immediately where he's like, oh, no, never mind. I I, I changed my mind. I hate this. <laughs> I, I don't think this is going to work. This line, um, I made up my mind, he kept saying to himself, but he had not. That reminds me very specifically of like when I go on runs. <laughs> and a really important part of that is like chanting to myself, this feels great. This feels great. This feels great. As I'm like slowly dying, because if I wasn't actively telling myself that this feels great, I would be so, I would just hate my life. Jogging is the worst, Chris. I mean, I know it keeps you healthy, but God, at what cost? <gasps> oh my God. You gotta manifest things, you know? <laughs> That's like when, um, this happens a lot with me when like, I'll go and sit out on my balcony to like read or I don't, you know, just like spend some time outside and be like, oh wow, it's such a, it's such a nice, beautiful day. Isn't this so nice and relaxing? Meanwhile, it's either like, a hundred degrees and it's sweltering and I'm sweating profusely and it's actually miserable. There's just pollen (laughs) everywhere and I'm sneezing and my eyes are itchy and I can't breathe. And I'm just like, this is so great. It's great to be outside. (laughs) It's like the meme of the dog where the room's on fire. Yeah, this is fine. And it's just like, this is fine. (laughs) Um, Then the orcs, Sam realizes can see Frodo. And this is when I was like, you dumb, you dumb hobbit. He left Frodo's body in like plain sight. I thought for for a second, I was under the impression that like, oh, they were kind of this battle with Shelob was off in some little cave. No, they were like on the path in plain sight of the tower and all of the orcs and everyone in Mordor. And then he has this like beautiful goodbye with Frodo. And he says like, like Galadriel, if you can hear me, I have one wish and it's that after all this is over, I'll be able to come back and find Frodo and give him a proper burial. And I was just like, Sam, you are leaving him out in the open where literally everyone can see him. This is the dumbest thing you have ever done or thought in your life that you could just leave him here and it would be fine. (laughs) And then sure enough, it just would have like 
Like, what else could he do, though? He, I mean, this is, uh, like, obviously for the sake of what happens next in the story, this couldn't have happened, and it's only for the sake of, like, plot. But, like, if it were me, I would have been like, well, obviously I have to throw him over the edge of this mountain because he can't just stay here. I don't know. I mean, like, obviously I'm glad that Sam didn't. It, it's a really good thing that Sam didn't do that. <laughs> given right. what we find that's what we call it double tap given what, <laughs> given what we find out later where can you imagine he overhears the orcs talking later and is like yeah and they're like yeah I saw Sheila fighting with this one creature I don't know kind of a human kind of a not human and yeah she like wrapped him up and was about to eat him and he wasn't moving so she must have used that poison that doesn't kill her victims and then meanwhile Sam is just like oh my god I threw his body off of a mountain he's definitely dead right now I've made <laughs> so like I guess I will give Sam that at least he didn't throw Frodo off of the mountain like I would have done <laughs> Not as, wait, what's the, hold on. Not as much of a screw up as you could have been award. Yeah, that's me. So all of the orcs come rushing out because they're going to investigate Frodo and they're going to see what happened. And Sam sees all of the orcs passing, coming towards him. And he's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Then it says, it says, how could he escape or save himself or save the ring? The ring. He was not aware of any thought or decision. He simply found himself drawing out the chain and taking the ring by his hand. The head of the orc company appeared in the cleft right before him. Then he put it on. And I was like, Sam, you keep making these decisions that I don't necessarily think are smart. Mm, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? The ring. He was not aware of any thought or decision. He simply found himself drawing out the chain and taking the ring in his hand. This... Head of the orc company appeared in the cleft right before him. Then he put it on. What the actual Sam? That is just about the worst idea you've ever had. I think putting on the ring is the only thing he could have done in this situation because he was completely caught. So it's either like put on the ring and risk becoming a little Frodo-y in his dedication, his devotion to the ring or get caught and probably killed because he's not... The ring bearer, even though he has the ring, basically, basically, it's like the only thing he could have done because they would have gotten the ring if they saw him. So he had to use the ring to protect himself <sighs> and the ring. I don't know. It's just hard because like we don't we don't have much of a description of like his surroundings for like what's nearby or I'm also not 100% sure that I'm picturing correctly in my mind like what like where they are or even if they're on a map. Like, I don't exactly know where they are, but I feel like there could have been somewhere to hide. There could have, I, I think he just in this moment panicked and the only thing solution that popped into his mind was put on the ring. And I'm like, that's that's like the one thing that you're not supposed to do right now is put the ring on. You're <laughs> not supposed to use it. They're in a place with a lot of like tunnels and pathways. So I felt like he kind of heard them coming maybe even from like more than one way because a bunch of orcs walking create like a really big noise that like bounces around. So I feel like he thought that he was trapped like in the middle of a tunnel. 
regardless of what he could or could not have done, he definitely puts that ring on. And I think it's the first time that he puts it on. Yeah, he hasn't even like touched or carried the ring at this point, I don't think. Um, yeah. It mentions that yeah. when he takes it from Frodo and puts it on, he feels this immediate weight pulling him down. But at the same time, he also has this vial of Galadriel with him that kind of like evens it out. Right. So when he puts the ring on, he goes into what I have been calling the upside down. Where it's like this. Right. Yeah, totally. In between. It's like the in between world of the real world and then the demon world. Yeah. And it also gives him like very conveniently, the ring gives him the power to understand what the orcs are saying. I think that only worked because they're orcs. I think it wouldn't work on like other creatures. It says that like perhaps the ring gave understanding of tongues or simply understanding, especially of the servants of Sauron, its maker. So I think that's what yeah. it is, is like, it makes you understand orcs good. Well, I think he would be able to understand any... Since it just says servants of Sar, I think he would be able to understand any dark enemies that are speaking in some kind of mm-hmm. other language or tongue. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely very convenient that like... Especially right now, right when he's in need of like really doing some eavesdropping. Yes. So the orcs run over and they pick up Frodo and they run back into Shelob's lair into the tunnels. Oh my God, wait. What? Real quick, there's um, there's an orc... <laughs> Uh, just small detail. There's an orc whose name is, I guess, like, Hola. Yeah. And every time I read this book, every single time I read this book, there's, like, a section that starts with, like, Hola, Gorbag. Yeah, and, it like, says. Like, why are they speaking yeah, Spanish? Yeah, it's definitely. I had the exact same thought. I know they don't. I know these orcs don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Tolkien had to have known that Hola. Tolkien had to have known that H-O-L-A is a Spanish word for hello. Oh, is that one of the names of someone? Whatever. It's a, yeah, definitely <laughs> there's an orc named like Hola. So it's it's mm-hmm. meant to be like Hola, Gorbag, what are, what are you doing? But it definitely, in our like brains, it, it definitely reads like Hola, Gorbag, yo soy Dora. <laughs> Como estas? <laughs> Do you see Swiper? <laughs> no, I have the exact same thought. And then like later it's like, hi, Hola. <laughs> Here's something. Yeah. (laughs) Just very funny. So I was like, Tolkien had to have known that H-O-L-A meant hello in Spanish. Or maybe he didn't. I don't know. know. He was a white man in, you know, in the UK. Britain. In the 50s and 60s and stuff. Yeah. They're not exposed to Spanish the same way that we are. So he very might well. But he was a linguist. So that's also true, though. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Tolkien may or may not have known Spanish. We don't know. But he definitely should have at least known that (laughs) hola is spelled H-O-L. Yeah, pretty basic. If it had been Gorbag, hola, then I would have been like, oh, yeah, obviously. There wouldn't have been as much confusion in my brain. But the fact that the first word in this, like, passage of the orcs conversation is hola, which is a greeting. Yeah. It definitely confuses. Yeah. It is confusing. So. A little bit of an I wonder if it's the same thing in a, like, Spanish translation of Lord of the Rings. Like, I wonder if they changed. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. I wonder if they changed it to, like, a different name or something. Well, technically in Spanish, Ola has an accent. Is that right? Uh, No, it does not have an accent. Good. 
It doesn't really make sense grammatically. After I said that, I was like, that's it's not just right. hola. Well, great. Hola. Now hola. it just sounds like we're a bunch of white people saying a Spanish word. Now it's like now it just sounds like my that's parents real. when we go to a Mexican restaurant and they're like, "Can I have the arroz con pollo?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yo, I know someone. There's a restaurant around town called arroz, which is Spanish for yes. rice, and I know someone who calls it arroz. And I'm like, "Please stop! You hurt me um, so much." The last time I was in a Mexican restaurant and my friend was ordering, and oh, I think it was Ty- it was Tyler. That was it. And the menu said because he was here visiting <laughs> for the weekend. And the, the menu said, like, arroz, you could get arroz con pollo with pork, steak, or chicken. And we were like, but arroz con pollo implies that it's with chicken. It's con yeah, pollo. Yeah, and so, and, then, and like, also you could request it without chicken. And we were just, like, laughing about the idea of ordering and being like, hi, could I have the arroz con pollo, um, but no chicken? And it's like, so you just want rice? <laughs> That's a rose scene. Yeah, or like, um, can I have the arroz con pollo with chicken? And it's like, um, sure, <laughs> I will give you the rice with chicken. With chicken. Double chicken. So, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Sam it. follows the orcs into the tunnels, and they they go through this one tunnel that Sam and Frodo had originally come to, and it was blocked. They are able to go through it somehow, and uh, Sam isn't following close enough behind, so he doesn't pass through it with them. But he's able to eavesdrop, and here's this conversation about how the orcs are going to call Sauron or call, like, one of his, I don't know, secretaries or something. I don't know. Basically, alert Sauron somehow. (laughs) Man, his secretary. What a rough job. (laughs) It's also, like, really funny to hear the orcs speaking so casually and normally with each other because to me it seems it seems so because like you imagine them as being like gross monsters and then here they are being like they're talking about like the Nazguls and it like one of them says those Nazgul give me the creeps and they skin the body off as soon as you Mm -hmm. as soon as they look at you and leave you all cold in the dark on the other side. But he likes them. They're his favorite nowadays, so there's no use grumbling. I tell you, it's no game serving down in the city. And he goes, you should try being up here with Shalob for company. <laughs> and it's they're just talking <laughs> so normally. Like, they're, it's like... It's like regular, like, work work time, like, co-worker exactly. conversation. Yeah, it's exactly like, man, how about the stock market, huh? I don't, I don't know what normal adults talk like it well these two orcs um gorbag and shag rat are talking about like running away together <laughs> are they did i miss that yeah well um it's like what do you oh, say if is, we get yeah. a chance you and me i'll slip off and set up somewhere on our own with a few trusty lads they <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah hashtag gay orcs in love <laughs> and then he says we'll talk of that later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um the two video games that I love so much that are set in the in Middle Earth, the Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, like Shadow of War is like the new sequel that just came out for Shadow of Mordor. Those are two of my favorite games and they are about the orcs basically, like it's a lot about orc politics and stuff and you get to overhear a lot of orcs talking and it's really funny if you like sneak behind a group of orcs, they're having really mundane conversations like this and it it's fun. The things that worry and yeah, orcs. it's just like it's like weirdly humanizing. 
<laughs> for these yeah. like otherwise evil monstrous beasts. <laughs> and then to right. be like, oh no, they're 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 people too. They probably have families and wives at home. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but orcs are people yeah. too. No, no, they are not. Her let's put it this way. <laughs> Hermione would definitely create a campaign for like orc freedom and equality. Oh definitely. yeah. Oh totally. So the orcs mention, they say, a message came, Nazgul uneasy, spies feared on stairs, double vigilance, patrol to head of stairs. So that is the message that was sent out. Presumably someone spotted Frodo, Sam, and Gollum going into the tunnel and going up the stairs. And then they mention, they're like, oh, it's, they're talking about Sheila and... And how right now they're not concerned about her because they saw, they could like see the trail of like ooze of like her that would otherwise be blood of like her when she was like running back into her lair. So they know that she's been hurt. And so they don't have to worry about like being eaten or anything. And they say, my lad saw Mm -hmm. her and her sneak. And it's like, oh, it's Gollum, bitch. Yep. I love all the different descriptions that characters give when they're talking about like, oh, yeah, I saw this thing off behind the trees. I don't know what it was. One of Faramir's men described him as a large black squirrel with no tail. I think that's hilarious. So creepy. This one says, you must have seen him, little thin black fellow, like a spider himself. Or perhaps more like a starved frog. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, that sounds Classic right. Classic Gollum. And it's like, oh, we know exactly who that was. That was Gollum, obviously. Yeah. Um, They are talking about this fight that Sheila had. And they're like, well, it must have been some huge bodybuilder that fought her. Because no one's ever injured her before. There's someone loose hereabouts as is more dangerous than any other damned rebel that ever walked since the bad old times, since the great siege. And then further down, I'd say there's a large warrior loose. Elf, most likely. With an elf sword anyway. And an axe as well, maybe. And it's like, LOL, it's actually Sam, a child. A child. (laughs) That's something to give him a little bit of courage to get through. um, Yeah, and Sam kind of laughs too. He's like, LOL, (laughs) they think I'm some huge, really buff dude who has a giant axe and is just running around here frantically defeated, like killing everything. (laughs) It's like, if only they knew. So they talk about... Frodo and they're going to keep him up in the tower and Sauron or one of his servants or someone will eventually come and check on him and kind of like examine him and then eventually he'll like get killed then or whatever. They start talking about how weird it is and one of the reasons that they know that there is another person still running around Mordor is because they know that Frodo had been like bound up by her webs And she was getting ready to eat him, but he had been cut away. They say that she wouldn't have just killed Frodo and then eaten him. And she wouldn't have poisoned him because she, it says, when she binds with cords, she's after meat. She doesn't eat dead meat nor suck cold blood. This fellow isn't dead. (gasps) Oh my gosh. What? No. This fellow isn't dead. (sighs) Oh my. 
I never would have imagined that Frodo wasn't actually dead. Oh, no. Thank goodness, literally. I'm glad, obviously, that he's not dead. But it's just so gross. Like her whole her whole setup is so gross. Like she was about to hang him up and save him for later, keeping him comatose with her venom. That's nasty. Get a refrigerator. (laughs) Get a refrigerator. Yeah, but like very clearly Tolkien meant this to be like a huge plot twist to be like, what? No, Frodo's still alive. And it's like, I'm not falling for it. Obviously, I didn't. It was the epitome of the shocked Pikachu meme for me. Yeah. However, Sam is absolutely, he's like, oh, no. Oh, I f***ed up. (laughs) He's like, I I f***ed up a lot. The whole dark world was turning upside down, and now he is in the upside down. This is very true. It's all very true. And he, yeah, so he's shocked. He says, you fool, he isn't dead and your heart knew it. Don't trust your head, Samwise. It is not the best part of you. The trouble with you is that you never really had any hope. (laughs) What, now what is to be done? Oh, his his head isn't the best part of him. It's so true. (laughs) Sam. Yeah, so this is, this is also, yeah, this is just when I was like, Sam. I know that none of this, you know, he didn't do any of this intentionally. He was only doing like what he thought was the right thing at the time. But it's just like, it's like he, he can't do anything right. (laughs) That's just like, unfortunately, yeah. the kind of character that he is. Yeah. Where like, he's trying his best and yeah. his best just is not good enough. <laughs> yep. He's a bit of a bumbler. I noticed in this chapter, Tolkien always capitalizes pronouns for Sauron, which is an interesting move that's very like biblical. Um, and then I also noticed in this chapter that he capitalizes pronouns for Shilab. So really, he just likes capitalizing stuff. He's like this. It's like I is want you to important. know that these people are the most evil and important of all of the evil and important people. Yeah, I think it might also be his way of like I'm gonna capitalize she and I'm gonna capitalize he when I'm talking about Shelob and Sauron because I don't want to write out Sauron and I don't want to write out Shelob, but like. You know who I'm talking about anyway. Yep. Yeah. Her <laughs> ladyship. <laughs> yeah. And they, I also, th- uh, I thought it was funny that when they were talking about Sheila being hurt, they say that, I can't find it. I can't find the exact line, but they say that like, oh, it looks like she sat on a nail, which is, oh, I forgot to mention. That's like what happens in the, in the fight is that Sam is underneath Sheila and Sheila is like, well, fine, I'm just going to sit on you. And Sam holds up the sword. Yeah. And so she sits down on him with the sword. And so the sword goes into her. And I just love that the the orcs are like, yeah, it looks like she sat on a nail. Because that's like the extent of the damage that (laughs) Sam was able to do. And if you sat on a nail, it would sting. Wait, was he using sting? Yes. Okay. He was. Because that was the elven blade. Yes, I wasn't sure. That's the other reason why they think Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. person who fought Shelob is an elf is because they're like, oh, well, only an elven blade could have 
done that to her, so it must be an elf. Right. Because no one else can have an elven blade except for literally everyone has an elven blade. I know. Right? It, ha- it does happen a lot where, where other people are like, well, I mean, the only possible explanation for this is that there are elves here. And it's like, joke's on you. It's actually two humans, a dwarf, and four hobbits, <laughs> and one elf. <laughs> in a, in and a, a trench wizard. coat. <laughs> Yeah, all in one trench coat. <laughs> I have an elven blade tattooed on my back. You do. You do. You are, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Aragorn has it. Yeah, literally everyone has some kind of, like, <laughs> qu- like product made by elves. It might not be a sword, but, like. If you ask me, Aragorn's the only one who really deserves that oh, elven yeah. blade. Didn't, I think, like, the stuff that Bilbo had that he gave to Frodo is all stuff that he stole or was at least supposed to give back? Um, read the Hobbit. I think. I mean, because he he gives Frodo his like armor and tells Frodo to hide it and to be sneaky because he's not supposed to. Ha- oh no, that was like dwarf made armor. I think. Yeah. So here's the here's the thing is. Bilbo doesn't steal those things. He finds them. This is something that's explained in The Hobbit a little bit. Like the notion of property in dwarf culture is really different from our contemporary human understanding of it and also Hobbit understanding of it. So it's like once a dwarf has created something, even if he gives it away to someone who's not a dwarf, it's really always supposed to come back to the dwarves. That's like the sword of Gryffindor and the goblins, where the goblins are like, Griphook is like, goblins made the sword of Gryffindor. It's ours. And Harry's like, um, what now? (laughs) It literally says Godric Gryffindor on it. That's one more thing that, J.K. Rowling stole from these books. Like, we're on to you, J.K. We're on to you. So I think what Bilbo was saying is like, here is this, but basically if Gimli sees you wearing it, he's going to want it back, basically, I think. And like, luckily for Frodo, I think when Gimli sees it, he laughs and he's like, LOL, Bilbo. He's like, cool shirt, bro. (laughs) So the orcs are talking about how they're going to take Frodo up to this tower. Sauron's going to come and check on him or a servant or someone. And they start walking away. Sam goes to follow them and realizes that this blockage that they thought was just like a bunch of, I don't know, boulders or something is actually a giant door. And so he's able to sneak through and continue following them and listening to them. He Mm -hmm. like turns the corner to follow them and thinks that he's right behind him them but he's actually way farther away so they walk into Mm -hmm. like the castle i guess like the underground of the tower or something and sam is too far behind and he's frantically running down the tunnel to try and catch up with them but too late the gate was shut sam hurled himself against the bolted brazen plates and fell senseless to the ground he was out in the darkness Frodo was alive, but taken by the enemy. I think it's safe to say that Sam Dunn f***ed up. <laughs> dun, dun. Here ends the dun. second part of the history of the War of the Ring. <laughs> the third part tells of the last defense against the shadow and the end of the mission of the ring bearer in The Return of the King. Man. Does your book say that? No, um, I don't think so. Oh, mine has like a thing at the end. No, mine ends. I have a note about the maps. 
that were drawn mm-hmm. by Christopher Tolkien. Uh, I'm um I'm using my really fun 1982 edition where Legolas has a mullet on the cover. Remember? Nice. Oh, how could I ever forget? Are you kidding? <laughs> All this book cost four dollars and ninety five cents. That's so affordable. <laughs> Um, that's a very, wow, how like, do you feel? that's a very epic, I, I wish my book had that little note in it about, um, yeah, that's why I read it for you. So, so how do you feel? I feel ready. I feel like I'm at the top of the roller coaster now. And well, I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we've already done some, some loop de loops. We've already gone down a couple hills and stuff. And now we're like, we're climbing up the last little hill and it's going to be it's yeah. going to be real exciting. I'm so excited for you to read Return of the King. Oh, I a lot am of really too. cool stuff goes down. I mean, it, is there more walking? Yes. But does some really badass <laughs> happen too? Yes. Oh, man. Is there more walking? Yes. Yes, there's always <laughs> like, more walking. Well, I mean, did Tolkien write this book? Yes, he did. Then yeah, there's there's walking. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. I'm ready to get back to my my boys, uh, my babies, yeah, Aragorn, totally. Legolas, Gimli, Gandalf. The real story. Yeah. The the in my mind, what I consider the main quest, but is actually the much more exciting side quest. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, the title of the book is Return of the King. So yeah. is it a side quest? That's a great point. It's definitely the main quest, the return mm-hmm. of Aragorn to his rightful place. The return of the Jedi. Plot Wait, twist. Right. Plot twist. It's actually, <laughs> it's going to be Frodo. Frodo is the new king and Aragorn is real mad about oh, it. Oh, God. I would be so mad, dude. That, <laughs> oh, that would be like man. worse than the Game of Thrones ending, which I know you don't have any context for, but a king was crowned who probably maybe shouldn't have been. Yes, and I Frodo know. Frodo would make the worst I game. know vaguely about that. I, mm. I have no desire to watch Game of Thrones. I have no desire to read Game of Thrones. No, you don't need to. How do I end these things? Um, well, Christina, that brings us to the end of this chapter and nearing the end Yay. of this episode. Do you have any uh, thoughts that you didn't get to share? No, I'm just so excited. The Two Towers is... You know, I feel like in every trilogy, the middle book is a little weird because it's like, how do you get from the beginning to the end? So things are about to start falling into place for you. I'm really excited for you to finish your journey. I know. It's crazy. I feel like like from now on, whenever I open a chapter of Return of the King to read, just the beginning of my head, I'm just going to hear, it's the final countdown. do 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 <laughs> just as I'm reading. Exactly. <laughs> it's also crazy because like, like the main joke of this podcast has been that like, I know nothing. Isn't that hilarious? But like now we're getting to a point where I actually know things now. <laughs> yeah, you know most of what you need to know. I know. Like, obviously, I don't know that. Oh, I should bring up. I did play a great April Fool's joke where I tweeted and posted on Instagram that I had gotten spoiled on the end of Lord of the Rings and that I knew how it ended. I'm very Aww. proud of the fact that I I got a lot of you. Uh, I got a lot of you. And then I posted later and was like, April Fools. Because um, I was like, well, it's a pretty wholesome prank. Yeah, I was like, you know, you have to keep that in mind. 
for April Fools. Yeah. It's all about wholesome pranks that aren't going to hurt anyone. And then as soon as I posted it, I was like, this is going to backfire on me. And someone's going to message me and be like, (laughs) oh my God, I can't believe you found out that Sam was Sauron all along. (laughs) Oh my God, what a twist. Christina, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me um, on the Restricted Section podcast. Comes out on Wednesdays. Um, we're on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod. It is a really fun um, rated R podcast um, about Harry Potter. All spoilers all the time. It's a good time. And Mary Clay is often there. And um, you can follow me personally on Instagram at Ya Girl of the World. That's Y A. Girl of the world. <laughs> For a second, I was like, did you forget how to spell girl? Because <laughs> you were like, why a girl of uh, the world? <laughs> I'm trusting other people to know how to spell girl. Yeah. Do not worry. It will all be linked in the episode description. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBE. You can learn more about that by going to WBE.org. This week, why don't you listen to Sincerely Us, especially because Eni and Becca both have birthdays in April. Eni just had her birthday as we're recording yesterday. Happy birthday, Eni. And Becca's birthday is, I can't remember, but I know it's coming up soon. So happy birthday, Becca. (laughs) Happy birthday. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day. And here's why. Because today we're headed to Broadway. Are we? Okay, maybe not, but we're talking about Broadway. I'm Becca. And I'm Eenie, and we host Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. We discuss everything from strong female characters, to Ben Platt, to individual shows, to Ben Platt, (laughs) to act one finales and everything in between. We even have a few experts on to talk about their expertise in the realm of musical theater. It's an easygoing show for every theater fan. No experience required. Listen every Wednesday, at WBNE.org or wherever you get podcasts. That's not a Disney fan cast, I promise. The cover is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. And also join the Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsApp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. And also... You can find me on TikTok. I can't believe I'm plugging that, but go find me on TikTok. It's <laughs> it's at MC Watts Up. I've put way too much of my heart and soul and time into TikTok. It is my only coping mechanism right now. And what you don't see is that I will watch my own TikToks over and over again and be like, <laughs> I'm funny because I amuse myself. <laughs> Even if I don't make any other people laugh, I just like laughing at that's myself. That's the most important thing. Yeah, right? Like, that's the only thing that's keeping me sane right now laugh. is that I'm able to <laughs> so easily amuse myself. So <laughs> you can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. This week's sponsor is Danny Wilcox. Thank you, Danny, for supporting the podcast. I appreciate it. And I hope you are doing well during all of this insanity. This week's discussion question is, is there a well-liked character, uh, like a likable character that pretty much everyone likes that you do not? Let me know. I think you know who I'm referring to, but (laughs) (laughs) 
Is there a very beloved or liked character that you do not like? So previous discussion question was just, what are you enjoying right now, listeners? What is bringing you joy? What are you doing to entertain yourself? Melody is making homemade cornbread. Good for you, Melody. Please make me some as well. There's a lot of people who are baking. Uh, I appreciate that. I support you in your endeavors. Enie is playing Animal Crossing, much like all of us. <laughs> Wesley is watching Agent Carter on Disney+, Plus, which I wholly support. Agent Carter is a wonderful series, and it should have gone on for 20 more seasons, and it only went on for two seasons. It was very sad and upsetting. Um, and we should all love and appreciate Haley Atwell. Meredith had a great answer that just made me smile so much. She said, my roommate and I are doing Stylish Saturday where we get dressed up and eat a nice dinner, drink some wine, dance around a little bit, then watch a movie. That's so cute and so fun and amazing. And I love that. I know, right? Stylish Saturday. That's so fun. So yes, let me know. Your answer to this week's discussion question, uh, make sure you are following uh, Tolkien About Pod on various social media platforms because sometimes I forget to post to all of them and you want to be a part of the discussion. So all that being said, Christina, do you have any parting words for our audience? I'm excited for the return of the king. And that's what I'm talking about. Maggots in my scrotum. Man, what a banger.